Hey mamas, I'm Alyssa, registered dietitian, picky eating specialist, and mama of two. You're listening to the Nutrition for Littles podcast, aimed at helping you raise healthy, independent eaters. Each week, we will tackle topics like picky eating, mealtime struggles, baby led weaning, and so much more. Let's jump right into today's topic. Hey, 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 and welcome back to the podcast. I'm so grateful that you are here and we can spend some time together this morning. This one I think will be pretty brief. I mean, all of them are pretty mom friendly. Try to keep them to just a few minutes so that you can pop in, get the information you need and get on with your day. But today's episode is a little bit more abstract, if you will. In fact, I recently had a conversation with my sister-in-law that spurred on the topic of this episode and why I wanted to bring it up because I think it's a really good aha moment for a lot of people when they realize kind of what I'm about to talk about. And that is A, being a parent and just doing what we know because of how we were parented or what we see other people doing is kind of our only insight or our only help unless we go out and seek it, right? Unless you go buy a parenting book, unless you listen to a podcast, unless you learn from an expert, unless you go hire a therapist or a you know parent coach or whatever it might be. We're just kind of taking in information from everywhere and just kind of making it like a modge podge almost, right? Like just kind of fitting the pieces together, fitting it to work and do kind of, I don't know, whatever comes to mind in the moment. And sometimes we don't have a bigger plan. Sometimes we don't know what else to do. We feel stuck in these kind of what we were joking about calling them eddies because we had gone on a rafting trip and an eddy is basically like a swirl that just doesn't go anywhere. You get stuck in the swirl and nothing ever moves. You're not able to really get out. You, you know, just kind of stay there and spin and spin and spin and spin. And so many of us feel like that as parents sometimes. I mean, at least I know I do. And so it feels like we keep struggling with the same problem over and over and over. And we don't necessarily know where to go to get help, which kind of spurred on this further conversation of saying, you know, when we do need help, that is the time to reach out and get it, right? If we don't want the problem to be fixed, like we're happy with the situation that we're in, we're happy with whatever issue we're dealing with and our life isn't that affected, we don't see a consequence in our near future, and there's really no reason to fix it, right? Like everyone's going to have issues in their family. Everyone's going to have something they struggle with or they kind of have to adapt or accommodate to. And sometimes it's not worth the effort to fix it or we don't believe it is at this time. Maybe we don't have the capacity. We don't have the time. We don't have the energy. We don't have the money, whatever it might be to go and get something fixed or to get help. So let me break this down in a more kind of concrete example using sleep. So sleep for a lot of parents is an issue with their kids, right? Especially with babies. We see a ton of baby sleep consultants and don't worry, we're not getting into the nitty gritty of sleep like training or anything like that. I am nowhere near an expert on sleep. Um, in fact, in real life, if you knew me, you it would be comical that I'm even using this as an example. But my point being here is if the way that your child is sleeping is not bothering you, not causing you pain, not a problem, then there's no reason to fix it, right? The old saying or the old adage of don't fix it if it's not broken works here, right? If it's broken, if it's causing you distress, if it's causing them distress, if no one's getting sleep, if they're getting weird sleep, if they're up in the middle of the night and can't get back to sleep or whatever it might be, that's when you go out and get help. The same is true with picky eating. 
And I talk a lot about this because a lot of my friends in real life will kind of make little jokes or little jabs when we're around each other, especially with their kids, like, don't look, I'm going to do this thing. Or they might say something like, okay, I'm going to use a bribe here. Don't judge me, (laughs) you know? And I just, I always joke with them or laugh with them because I know in person around me, it feels like they're showing up and they're hanging out with maybe a professional picky eating dietitian me. But really, I'm just there as a mom, right? And so we all have our specialty. We all have our thing that we're good at. And sometimes when I'm with someone who has small children, and especially with my small children around, I think the expectation or it's almost like the unknown of like, what's she going to judge me for? And I am a never judging. But also, I want you to know this as well, that I am here to support parents who have picky eaters if they want help. I know plenty of people who have what they would even call picky eaters who don't want to fix it, who say, you know, this is just childhood. We're just going to white knuckle it. It's going to be fine. I believe they'll grow out of it. It's just a phase, right? We've talked a lot about that phrase. It's just a phase. Mama, I see you. You're tired of making different meals and crossing your fingers that tonight might be the night where they actually try those veggies. You're so tired of putting things on the plate just to watch them not get touched. Maybe you're even feeling stuck in a never-ending cycle of bribing, begging, bargaining to get your little one to eat. Maybe you feel like they wouldn't eat anything unless you count down their bites or even feed it to them. I bet you're even worried that they're just not getting enough and certainly not enough of the things that you know that they need. You're not sure that they're reaching their full potential living off pizza and goldfish crumbs. You're ready for a change or else you might just throw in the towel altogether. Maybe you're feeling like you're at your wit's end with picky eating and feeling like nothing will work. You need a plan to finally beat picky eating and get back to enjoying meals again. If this sounds anything like you, then this program was literally made for you. Table Talk is the picky eating program that works. It's the program that teaches you to be your own feeding expert because at the end of the day, you know your child best. And feeding kids shouldn't be this hard. Picky eating can take over your life, feeling like every meal is worse than the last. It's time to reclaim your kitchen and actually start enjoying meals together. Table Talk is a targeted program that teaches you the strategies and methods that kick picky eating to the curb for good. Take it from Lola, who's a mom of a little one who she was ready just to throw in the towel altogether about picky eating, but then she took Table Talk, and at the end, she said, since taking Table Talk, my daughter's foods, likes, and loves is over 100. Can you imagine what it would be like for your little one to like or love over 100 foods? Throughout the Table Talk program, you'll learn how to get them to eat more variety and new foods, make sure that they're eating the right amount, and finally have peaceful meals again as a family. You'll learn how to stop pressuring them to eat and what to do to encourage them without pressuring. Plus, you will feel confident at the table knowing that everything you're doing is leading to raising a healthy, happy, and independent eater. All right, you can click the link in the description box below to enroll in Table Talk today. And when you do that, you will also get my Demystifying Desserts mini course completely for free. This course teaches you how to take desserts off the pedestal and put them back where they belong and end the obsession with sugar. All right, click the link in the description box below to get started today. Now, if that is true for you, and if you don't have the capacity, if you don't want to fix it, if you don't feel like it's actually broken, there is no pressure from me or anyone else to fix something that you don't believe is broken. But the second that it starts 
feeling broken in your home. There's a pull on your mama or dada heart saying, this isn't right. There's something missing. I'm feeling stuck. I'm feeling frustrated. I can't make the food I want to make. I can't get my kid to eat enough. I'm worried about their growth. I'm worried about their development. I'm worried about their brain health, their gut health, their whatever. They're getting sick all the time. I'm, you know, dinner times are no longer enjoyable. I just want to feed them by themselves, send them to bed, and then I'll eat myself. I don't want to eat alongside them. I don't want to bring them into public when there's, you know, eating experiences happening because it's too difficult. It's too frustrating. Maybe there's even some embarrassment there, not justified, but maybe there is some embarrassment there. Maybe there's difficulty with your relationship with your partner because you're not approaching eating in the same way at the table. Once we start to see things like that break down, I'm not telling you you have to get help. However, I am here if you need and want help. I hope that's making sense. I think there's a distinction here that says, hey, you don't have to fix anything with your kid, with your family, if you don't want to, if you don't have the capacity for it, right? But if you do, there is help available to you. There's experts in every different area of parenting and child rearing and childhood and all these different diagnoses or whatever it might be, right? And it's our job as parents to decide what is most important, what is most impactful for both them and for me and for our family and our family culture, and what needs to be fixed. I have another friend who talks about um, one of the best advice she ever got as a mom is, if you're struggling, go seek help. Don't wait. And she said this because you know, I had shared with her something that we were struggling with, and she said, I'm so proud of you for getting help when you needed help because it is one of the biggest thorns in parents' side to be struggling with something for years And then getting help and realizing, oh, it was fixed. We could have fixed this a long time ago, right? Like that is the pain of parenting, of realizing, oh man, this could have been a weekend thing. Like this could have been such a fast phase to get through. But oftentimes as parents, again, we're just looking to how we were raised or how um, our friend is doing it. And we just think we should be able to piece it together ourselves. And sometimes that works, right? Or sometimes, again, it's not high on our priority list. And that is okay, right? It's just like swimming with your kid. Like, yeah, is it the gold standard to teach your kid how to swim? Even now, like I'm looking on Instagram and I see these like infant life-saving swim classes that they like get in and like full-on winter gear and winter boots and teach infants how to like roll over and save themselves if they're in a fallen water. Is that the goal? Would that be amazing? Yes. Am I going to spend the time and money to do that right now? No. I have a six-month-old. <laughs> I'm probably not going to do that. Even though in my like ideal fantasy self, I would. That would I would feel so much more comfortable as a mom being around water if my kid could do that. I'm probably not going to do that right now. It's not a priority to us right now. However, it is a priority to teach my kids how to swim. And so we're going to put them in swim classes. I know some adults who don't know how to swim. That wasn't a priority to their parents to teach them those skills, right? Maybe they weren't around water a lot. Maybe they didn't have a pool or a lake in their backyard. It doesn't matter. Everyone gets to decide for their own family what is a priority, what's causing them pain, what is the biggest you know, area of stress or worry or frustration or angst or, you know, disconnection with your kids or with your spouse or partner, right? You get to decide what those are. What I will encourage you today to do is to look at what those pain points are and realize that there is a way to fix them. There is a way to what I call seek support. Find someone, an expert, a, you know, a pediatrician, someone who will listen to you, to, who will understand you, who will give you the guidance, the tools, and the methods to pull yourself out of that pain. Because the longer we sit in it, typically the longer it takes to get out, right? If we ever do. And sometimes I think it's a good reminder to say, you get to choose. 
You get to choose what's causing your family pain and if it's painful enough for you to take the next step to change it. A quick moment to thank the sponsor of today's podcast, Breastfeeding Blueprint, which is a self-paced course to help you reach your breastfeeding goals. It's created by my friend and fellow registered dietitian and lactation consultant, who I trust immensely, Brooke Miller. Plus, she is offering my listeners $50 off her course when you enroll using my code NFL50 at the link below. If you are looking for clarity and concise advice and help to help breastfeeding go smoothly, this course is for you. In fact, even as a mom of three, I still needed to reference her course a few times when I had mastitis, a clogged duct, and wasn't getting quite as much milk from my left as I was from my right. I was able to reference her course and get updated and clear information to help me avoid going on antibiotics or losing my supply. This course can help you get clarity on common questions like medications, alcohol, caffeine, teas, supplements, birth control, all while breastfeeding so that you can be confident that you are making making safe decisions for you and your baby without compromising your supply. I cannot recommend it enough and you can enroll today by clicking below and using my code NFL50 to get $50 off. Okay, now back to the show. And that's true for picky eating too. I So when I'm with my friends or with family or whoever, and they're kind of joking about using bribes or I don't know, pressuring their kid to eat or ask them to take three more bites or whatever, that is not a problem in it of itself if it is not broken. If you do not feel like your kid is a picky eater, if you do not feel like there's a struggle happening, if there is no um, long-term or even short-term consequence of what you are doing, then it's not broken. We don't need to fix it. However, if you are starting to realize that maybe some of the tactics you're using are actually landing you in a place you don't want to be where they're eating less and less foods, they're not eating enough protein, they're only eating snacks, they're, you know, fighting you all the time to come to the table or whatever it might be, then that might be something you want to fix. Does it mean you have to? I hope this is making sense because I also have a lot of parents who have gone through my Table Talk Pick Eating course and even been part of my Table Talk membership, which is kind of the complimentary um community that goes along with Table Talk where you can actually get access to me, ask your questions to me and get real life uh, uh, struggles or problems or you know troubleshoot anything with me and also with a group of other parents as well who are struggling with the same things. I've had parents kind of go through that, kind of graduate if you will, right? Like they no longer have a picky eater, but then every once in a while they'll have like a picky eating tendency or a picky eating uh, situation pop up and they'll be like, what the heck? You know, I, I thought we were done with this. I thought this was over. And I remind them, hey, All this means is we've probably let go of some of the reins because we can, because it's easy to do, because we're busy. We have only so much we can handle. And all that means is we just tighten the reins. Now you have the tools, you have the methods, you just re-implement them. You just kind of tighten things up. And I'm honest to God, so many times people say, oh, you're right. And within a week, they're back to normal again. No longer picky, no longer struggling with different things. Or it turns out like a few times parents have said, oh my gosh, now they're picky again. What happened? I thought we were through this. And it turns out their kid was just getting sick. And then they're like, oh, they just, you know, had the flu. I didn't know it. Of course, they went hungry the night before they started vomiting, right? And so it's just a good reminder that when we have the tools in our tool belt, when we have the methods and the strategies at hand, not just what we see other people doing or what was done to us, but we actually have these research-backed, evidence-based tools and methods and strategies at hand in our tool belt. It just makes us feel like A, more confident, secure, able parents because we have this tool belt that is layered and we can grab whatever we need when we need it. 
but we also know that this works, right? We can pull these out at any time. It doesn't mean we always have to pull them out, right? Like there are certainly times on a long car ride or on a plane where I bribe them with a sucker because I'm like, oh my gosh, we are melting down. This, these are what I called my SOS suckers. And I pull them out because we need them. We need a quick attitude change, a quick blood sugar hit, right? Now, as a dietitian, I don't recommend bribing your kids with food. As a mom, I also recognize that there are times and moments where an SOS sucker is needed. I hope this is making sense to you. I hope you understand what I'm trying to express here. But ultimately, I hope you take the advice that whatever is causing you and your family pain, discomfort, frustration, worry, angst, all those feelings, there is an expert or a course or a solution out there for you. Sometimes it does take a little bit of legwork. Sometimes it doesn't. But getting the help you need in the area that you need it is an excellent way to better your family culture, to feel more confident as a parent, and to help your child. And knowing that sometimes our capacity is full. Sometimes whatever it is that's kind of poked its ugly head up is something that we can't handle right this very second, or isn't actually causing us enough pain or frustration or angst or any of those feelings to handle it. It's okay. We can allow that in our family. We have space for that. It doesn't bother me that my kid sleeps in my bed every night right now. Maybe that's something I tackle down the road. Maybe it's not. Maybe that's never an issue for us, right? And so it's just a reminder, every family gets to have their own family culture and what's important to them and a priority and values. And every family gets to decide when that threshold is hit to actually seek support. So I hope this episode was helpful for you. I hope it was a little eye-opening of all these different things we might be seeing on social media, recognizing that we can choose which ones we pursue and which ones we don't. We don't have to do all the things all the time at the same time. We're still good parents. We are showing up. We are being safe. We are being kind. We're being loving. We're shepherding our kids towards who we want them to become. And as problems pop up, we can handle them the way that we want to in the moment, the way that we have capacity for in the moment. All right. I hope this episode was helpful for you. I know it was a little less hands-on tips, but I hope this was helpful mentally for you and maybe even just taking a deep breath or giving yourself a recognition of what you have already tackled. Maybe you've realized you're taking on too much. Maybe you realize, you know, actually this is causing us so much pain that I need to go get help, whatever that might be. Um, maybe it's just created hopefully clarity for you. All right. Thanks so much for tuning in and I will see you next week. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you're walking away with some tangible ways to bring peace to your mealtimes. And if you like this episode, please subscribe and tell all your mom friends. And as always, the best compliment you can give me is leaving a rating and written review, which also helps other mamas like you find this podcast too. You can find more from me on Instagram at Nutrition for Littles. Do you have a question you'd like me to answer on the podcast? Email me at alyssa at nutritionforlittles.com. All right, until next time, mamas.